Well, I've known the group now known as Lasaka for a long, long time. In fact, uh, back in the ancient history of mine, we used to share a building with what was then called Net One. We were in President Place in Rosebank. Today, new business, new CEO, uh, new way forward, I think. Chris Mayer, the group CEO of Lasaka, will be bringing us up to date after the latest set of financial results. Chris, good to be talking with you. At our 10th anniversary of Biz News, uh, Gigi Alcock uh, was talking to uh, quite a lot about the informal economy in South Africa and how it is misunderstood by not just investors, but by the business community as a whole. And he mentioned Kazang. And I had to then go and have a look up Kazang, and there it is. It's part of your group. But perhaps maybe just a a, a thumbnail of what's happened at what used to be Net One, and the brilliant technologist Serge Bellamont, who wasn't that brilliant at managing the media, it appears, and where you are, where you are today, because now you've got some really high-powered bankers who've gone in rather than a surgeon his pals who used to run the place in the past. Thanks, Eric, and and great to be with you. Thanks very much for um, for inviting me on. Uh, Yes, let me give you a little bit of the background. Interestingly, I'm I'm sitting in that same building in Rosebank President's Place. It looks it looks quite different, and uh, I'm going to have to ask you to come and have a look and see what we've done uh, on a limited budget. But we've got a, a different feel and um, uh, here in the in the organisation. Um, so the story really begins, um, I would say, in July of 2021, uh, and that's when I joined two years ago. Um, that was off the back of VCP Value Capital Partners taking a significant uh, minority stake in what was Net One. Um, as I know you're aware, VCP are activist investors, but they're friendly, respectful activist investors in, is, is how I like to describe them. They came in, um, we uh, quickly had to you know, replace the board, a new board was put in place, and an entirely new management team uh, came in at the same time. I came in as group CEO, um, and we set about a process of completely uh, redefining the strategy and and um, the the vision for what was Net One. Um, Net One, uh, as, as you rightly said, is some great technology, but in many ways the business had been neglected. Um, and the opportunity that we saw at the time was to to come in and completely reposition uh, what we now call the consumer business, which was in a bad state, was losing a lot of money. It was. It had lost in excess of a billion rand over the three years leading into us coming in. Um, so completely reposition that business. And at the same time, we, we um, were focused on a, an ambitious acquisition um, of a business called the Connect Group, which, um, as you mentioned, Kazang was part of or is part of. Um, and bringing those two things together, the consumer business of NetOne and the technology that sits behind that, to, with the, the the Connect Group, which has a focus on merchants, primarily in the informal economy, but let's call them small merchants in the formal and in, informal economy. And our vision was, let's build a platform, a fintech platform focused on um, small merchants and consumers in the informal economy and in the lower income groups, um, delivering financial services and, and serving this, this transition from cash to digital that we know is playing out. Um, 
And interestingly, one of our um, non-execs who, uh, you know, right at that early uh, start of this process two years ago, um, is a, a chap by the name of Ali Mazarindani. You may have heard of him. Ali, um, you know, instrumental in, in 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 a lot of what Actus did in the uh, fintech space in emerging economies around the world. And he really came forward with this idea around, you know, transforming Net One into this platform, as I've described, focused on merchants and consumers, having seen the same thing play out in other emerging economies around the world, Egypt, Brazil, and so forth. Um and so we began a journey, uh, the journey uh, which is today Lusaka, um, and required a huge transformation in the consumer business. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll unpack that. But, you know, from where we were to where we are, I talked about losing a billion rand over three years. We are uh, today um, releasing our results. Our consumer business has, 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 has delivered an EBITDA profit for the first time. Um, and the group has gone from... Last year, we 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 delivered a, a, a it was a 280 million EBITDA loss to a 490 million EBITDA profit, and our revenues have grown. Uh, we're delivering not, over nine billion rand, 9.3 billion rand of uh, revenue for the financial year. Last year, that number was 3.3 billion, primarily the Connect Group coming in. Um, you know, so a business with a market cap of over four and a half billion revenues as a sale of 9.4. We feel we've got a platform now in South Africa that is, uh, I think you find it difficult to find a, a fintech of this size and scale um, with this position that we have in the market and, uh, the, you know, the opportunity that we are building towards in serving our client base. Yeah, it's not hard to uh, understand why you call it a transformative year uh, when you talk about those kind of six, seven hundred million bottom line turnarounds. How? How did you achieve that? So it it was a combination on the on the on the consumer side of a full transformation, uh, a cultural transformation as much as anything. Um, we 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 took on a business that was, in my language, was um, I suppose in in the logistics of of grant disbursement, ensuring cash was moved from point A to point B and paid out seamlessly to to a client base. But the client was, in many respects, was 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 SASA. Uh, in the old net one is my interpretation. The client wasn't so much the grant recipient or the consumer. The consumer didn't have choice. They 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 had to come to the old net one in the old days to to um, receive their grant. Um, so we had to build a business that focused on the grant recipient as our customer. Um, we had to build a sales focus. We had to build a customer service mindset. Um, we went through a complete transformation in terms of um, we had ATMs sitting in branches that were being used, for example, a, a week, a month, and then sat idle. We took them all out. We put them into retailers. We moved our branches to where our customers are. Our customers want to be where they, they, you know, they, they want to spend their money in stores. Um, so they don't want to go to a branch that's inconvenient. So we've moved up our points of presence. Uh, so it's been a complete transformation, uh, top to bottom, um, and building this, this culture of, of, of serving our customers on the consumer side. And then on the merchant side, you know, we looked at the Connect Group and we thought, you know, here is a business that's serving across cash and digital in a way, in a holistic way that is unparalleled in South Africa. You know, we have a ser- we have a, a set of services for small and micro merchants that covers what we call um, the, the smart safe or digital vault solution. Uh, so we we're serving or processing over 110 billion rand of cash every year through our vaults. For our small merchants, 
We provide a, a working capital and credit pr proposition to small merchants. We we um, advanced over a billion rand of credit to small merchants in the last year. Um, and through Kazang, an exciting business in the inf informal economy, which is, is centered around a VAS offering that the merchant can, you know, uh, it's a pause device the merchant has in his store. Think of a, a device where a customer can come in and buy airtime or electricity or make cross-border payments. Um, so it's a platform that, that that we give to these merchants called Kazang. We've got over 75,000, just on 75,000 merchants with these devices in spaza shops around the country. That's grown from 50,000 a year ago. We've given them card enabled, card payment services, card acquiring services, um, and that's been incredible to see the growth there. We, you know, we, we're doing over eight and a half billion of card payments uh, in the informal economy, um, and that's three x growth, over three times growth over the last year. So it's a it's a full service uh, proposition that this Connect Group um, we saw, um, you know, offered. And, and, and the challenge there really was to bring it into our organization, to integrate, but to be respectful of culture, uh, to be respectful of a, you know, a high-energy, um, fast-paced, agile, entrepreneurial business um, and bring that in and actually infuse that, that culture into the wider uh, Lusaka business, which has been a big part of our focus. And the one thing you haven't touched on, which we really need to, when the um – Active investors came in. Anthony Ball, tell us a little bit more about them and who who's in that group, and then how they got not just you, but your former colleague at Investec in the UK, Steel, uh, Steve Halbron. And uh, I was just looking through the executive management. You got a lot of guys who've had experience in either payments or tech, and and they've been prized away from some pretty good jobs that they had previously. So. How did that dynamic work? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, you know, I got the call from Anthony, um, yeah, sort of mid-2021. And um, to be honest, I was sitting in London. To be honest, I didn't know much about NetOne um, at, at all. Um, I, my focus, uh, I spent 20 years, over 20 years with Investec, uh, but focused on everything outside of South Africa and, and helping Investec build it. Uh, in an international presence, I ran the corporate investment bank for Investec for many years, and so Anthony gave me a call, and you know this was the idea. Um, I had just left Investec, and I was looking to get involved or, or, or closer to South Africa, and I knew Anthony and I knew VCP, and I hold them in high regard uh, in my mind, and this has been borne out through the experience I've had working with them over the last two years. They are the preeminent activist investor in in South Africa. They stand alone, I think. Um, Anthony probably doesn't like me saying this, but I see him as the father of private equity in South Africa too. You know, and has taken that skill set into the into the public domain. and And their thesis, their 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 recipe is to look for businesses that have fallen on uh, you know in, into difficult circumstances where they can come in and provide a whole um, array of support in terms of turning the business around across areas of governance, strategy, and so forth. So. You know, VCP came in as a very uh, supportive, very respectful shareholder. They made themselves available to us in whatever way we needed. As we, you know, the early days we were firefighting, trying to really to um, you know turn this consumer business around, and they were alongside us, always there. Anthony was you know on the end of a phone at any point in time. So for me, you know, we we uh, we've had a 
we and we have a, an incredibly supportive shelter. And I think as a South African, uh, to see a, a business like VCP and and what they offer, um, I, I, I I can honestly say they're on a par with what it, what, I, what I've experienced um, in the rest of the world. Um, Steve, interestingly enough, so one of the first things that happened to me as I came into into what was Net One, um, the, the the conversations around um, acquiring the Kinect Group were just beginning, and um, I was sort of thrust into this into this negotiation. And lo and behold, the chap on the other side of the table was Steve. Um, he, uh, I'm going to say, was the founder of the Connect Group. He bought a very small business ten years ago after leaving Investec, uh, and which was mainly the cash business. And that he grew tremendously over a ten-year period, and acquired the uh, Kazang uh, about two years or so before we ultimately bought his business. So Steve, Steve was the you know the, the driving force uh, behind the Connect Group. We negotiated, and uh, it was you know great, slightly surreal to be uh, you know dealing with him on the other side of the table after having worked with him for many years in in London. And Steve at the time said to me, it said to us, you know, I'll stay in the business for for up to twelve months. That's that's how you put it. Um, and you know, he, very passionate about our, our business, very passionate about the people in the business. He said he'll stay up to twelve months, but quite quickly after about I don't know less than six months, he came to us and said. Uh, I want to stay on, um, and so we we've agreed that he'd stay on for you know we extended it by an additional three years, and he's in the business with us. He's up, he's my partner in the business. He runs our our merchant division, um, and along with some some other incredible people, yeah, Lincoln Wiley. Um, I don't know, I'm sure you know Lincoln. Um, he's our South African CEO. He's been amazing in in this transition uh, for us. Um, you know, a lot of work to repair brand, our brand, to repair trust uh, in the community with our stakeholders, with SASA. Um, and and he, he's he been one of the driving forces in the turnaround in the consumer business in particular. So, yeah, we've got a great team and a great shelter. And I feel very fortunate, um, you know, being part of this. The story is not being appreciated yet, though. The share price still half of where it was 10 years ago, a fifth of where it was at its peak. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I think there are a few there are a few reasons uh, for that. You know, so it, you know, first and foremost, this is early early days for us in this turnaround. And as I said, we acquired the Connect Group uh, just just over a year ago. For the first half of this financial year, the consumer business was still in a significant loss making position. Um, we only just turned the corner in that consumer business in December, um, and so I, I think for an investor base. Uh, you know, getting their hands around what it is that we're building. Um, you know, do we have? Can we deliver on what we're saying? Can we build this business that we and 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 set out? Uh, you know, that we've set out to to build in terms of the vision. Um, so that's a, probably the first thing, and I would say the most important thing that it's early days. Um, you know, today we're going to release uh, results, and we're going to talk about guidance for next year. And I talked about our EBITDA of. 498 million rand for the year. We're going to talk about EBITDA guidance for next year of increasing that between um, 37 and uh, 40, just over 40 percent. So we're talking about growing that to about between 680 and 740 million. You know, so the story is still coming through. Um, I think that's probably the biggest the biggest factor. And then I think the other thing I'd point to is we've got some significant shareholders already on our register. VCP owned just over 25 percent, and I think there's the top five control, um, you know, over fifty percent. So we're still fairly illiquid, um, and these are shareholders that that really have bought into the long term story. So 
is you know the, the the share is relatively liquid, but we think that'll open up as you know as as the story becomes uh, you know more prevalent and is out there. Um, but ultimately, you know, as I said, we're a four and a half billion rand market cap business. Revenues over nine billion rand. We are. We feel we're. You know, we are the leading fintech platform in South Africa in the space with a very exciting story to share. And you've also got the IFC, the International Finance Corporation, part of the World Bank, as a substantial shareholder. So clearly, they see or have seen the application from a do good in society perspective. Although, I guess the the problem was uh, was what happened with Sasa. In the past, are they still a firm shareholder? Are they still happy to be part of the part of the story now? We're very much so. So, as you rightly point out, they're one of our significant shareholders. They're, they're certainly uh, sort of top three or four. They, they hold, I think, just under fifteen percent of a of, of Lusaka uh, and have been very supportive. Um, you know, so, I think our theme as a business, um, our, our, our you know our mission as a business, rather really fits what they're looking to do. This theme around um, so, you know, financial inclusion, uh, serving the the poorer uh, poorest co- uh, communities in South Africa from from our consumer business, the cash to digital theme. You know, these fit nicely with with what the IFC is looking to support. So, you know, they they are um, you know significant shareholder. They're board representation, so they provide us with great strategic input and advice, and and a, and, a, and a little bit of a read across similar uh, businesses or. Um, markets, you know, in other parts of the world, which is tremendously valuable for us as we sort of are finding our way through 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 this journey. The business community likes to find ten baggers. I'm not going to presume that this is the saga of ten bagger, but you certainly have got a lot of the boxes ticked. It's a turnaround. It's new management. Uh, you've been around now for two years. So it's the new management is already proving itself. But most of all, Gigi Alcock, who our guys love, uh, is talking up the informal economy. Are you a play on the informal economy? Because there aren't too many plays that one can identify uh, on the JSE, or indeed, you're also less listed on NASDAQ. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, I, firstly, Gigi, um, you know, we, 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 we hold him in high regard, we... we we spend a lot of time with him. Um, we actually, interestingly, working on an index with him at the moment that we're going to launch. Um, we're hoping to launch in October, November, because we feel that there, there are loads of um, it, everybody's interested in the informal economy, and there are loads of anecdotal sort of uh, sound bites or whatever it is around the size of the market and the themes within the market. But it's it's quite difficult to size the overall market and 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 quantify trends within it. And we have we see ourselves as a leading. Uh, player in the informal market, we see our, as, ourselves as one of the dominant players in the informal economy from a financial services uh, provision. You know, talked about seventy-five thousand spaza uh, shops are using our devices, forty-five thousand card uh, terminals within that, um, eight billion of card payments, uh, twenty-six billion rand of VAS have gone through our terminals in the last year in, in the informal economy. So yes, we we are a proxy for the informal market and. I think what's interesting, you know, as a listed stock, that that means we give access to to investors, both South African and international, who are looking for access to the story. Um, 
you know, which is playing out uh, with, with, you know, incredible growth. And your forecasts that you've put on the table for next year are very impressive. But what about thereafter? In other words, is the, are we looking at scalability, then you can leverage it up even further into the future, those exponential stocks that all shareholders love to find? Or is this just the turnaround and from there on it will be more incremental growth? So, so uh, there's two parts to that. I'll give you a sense of what we think as, as uh, you know, a, a reasonable sort of medium-term uh, growth expectation for our business in a, in a second. But I think the most important point to make is we view the informal economy as largely untapped. Um, you know, as I said, we, we, we see ourselves as one of the dominant players in the informal economy, but we still think our kind of market share, if you like, is very small. Um and so the the ability or the opportunity to grow into this market is a long term trend. It's not so. This is not just about a turnaround of a business. This is about actually building and uh, something that's enduring and sustaining um, in a market that that is to, to a large extent still very untapped. And a big part of our strategy is is around um, just building deep relationships with the merchant in the informal store. So layering in additional um, services and products in, into the merchant's business that helps them grow and compete. You know, so we talk about helping the little guy. Um, we want to help the small merchant uh, grow their business and compete with, you know, what is often on offer in the, in the formal economy. Um, and and that for us, it, we we see that as tremendously exciting. And the and the road is, you know, this this is a long one. There's a there's a lot of opportunity. Um, so when, when we talk about longer term growth outlook, you know, we'll talk about this later this afternoon on our earnings call, but we talk about you know, growing our revenues, we think consistently longer term in the, you know, uh, probably 17 to 20% per annum basis, and that will translate into 20 to 25% EBITDA growth longer term. We, we do see, you know, in the near term, as I said, in the next 12 months, our EBITDA we think will grow. Um, you know, I talked about it, it's high thirties, low forties, uh, but the, but uh, there's still, you know, the growth beyond that we, we see we see as compelling and exciting. So it qualifies as well as an exponential stock. Chris Mayer is the chief executive of Lasaka. I'm Alec Hogg from Biznews.com. 